Hi, everyone. It's Dina McKay, and I'm back with a brand new episode of Black Tech Unplugged, the podcast that allows Blacks in tech to share their authentic stories with you, the listener. On each episode, the guest talks about how they got into tech, their work in the tech industry, and lessons they've learned during their journey. You can find full show notes for this episode on blacktechunplugged.com. On this episode, I have Dewan Lightfoot, who's an IT professional in the networking sector, and he's also the creator of Lab Every Day, which you'll hear about in the episode. On this episode, we discuss the benefits of attending a tech boot camp, advice for people trying to get into networking, as well as the certifications you should take if you want to work in the network sector. I hope you enjoy this episode, and if you do, rate and subscribe on iTunes or Apple Podcasts today. Now let's get it. Hey everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Black Tech Unplugged. On this episode, I'm here with Dewan Lightfoot of Lab Every Day. Hey, what's up, Dana? Hello to everyone. You are doing Lab Every Day, and you want to tell my right. listeners what Lab Every Day is? Okay, yes. So Lab Every Day is about the tech journey, embracing it and realizing that Whatever you want to accomplish, whether it be a network engineer, a software engineer, or a network architect, or an expert in any area of IT, it's going to require you to work at that diligently every day and realizing that it's going to be a journey that you're going to have to embrace in order to achieve your goal. And since we're talking about the journey, let's start with your journey. So how did you get into tech? What was one of the first things or first positions that you did that you were like, this is where I need to be? Uh, well, it kind of was one of those things I kind of just walked into because I went into the military in the year 2000, right after high school. Mm-hmm. And as I was in the Air Force, my job was to be a computer operator. And that's a really broad term for what I actually did because I did everything from build computers to work on the help desk to be a system administrator. Pretty much everything that you would do, you know, in an IT environment. And so I spent about six years in the Air Force doing IT. And then when I transitioned, I spent about six years on the help desk. And that's an extremely long time, but I was in a, a job that I really enjoyed. And I was making good money that I thought was good at the time because, you know, I had one child and it supported me and my family. And I was cool. And I was young, you know. Mm-hmm. And so life kind of took a turn. You know, I was losing that job because the site was closing. And I started looking for jobs. And it was like, well... I don't really have the skills on paper to, you know, make more money or get outside of the help desk because it's time for me to advance past it. So I went to a boot camp and I really have always enjoyed networking. And the CCNA has been a certification that has always stood out to me. So within the boot camp that I was in, it was a six month boot camp. And one of the last courses was um, ICMB1, which is the CSIN portion of the CCNA. And after going through that week course and achieving the certification, you know, my life just kind of changed because I really, really love networking. And it just kind of lined up to what, who I am and what I do. So it just kind of fits. And so from learning you know, getting my CCNA, making more money, getting better jobs, meeting more people, and then achieving the CCNP, which is the certification after the CCNA, I decided to give back to those that look like me in the community. And the best way I knew to do that was on YouTube. So we're going to get to your YouTube channel in a bit. 
But I do want to circle back on the conversation that you mentioned. So you did this boot camp and, you know, there's a lot of boot camps out there. There's a lot of opportunities to learn tech. Do you recommend someone who's looking to get into tech to do a boot camp? Um, so the boot camp that I went to is, is, is a um, training center in Kansas City called Central Train. And they're like the biggest, like in the Midwest. And I've heard good things about them from people that I worked with previously. And so I looked into it in the boot camp, like I said, it was a six month boot camp, but it was about $20,000. And that's a lot of money for a six month boot camp. But the thing with me being uh, a veteran, I still had MGI benefits um, left over. So that happened to pay for the boot camp. So for me, it worked out perfectly. For someone else, if you're gonna spend $20,000 on a boot camp, you're gonna to have to make sure that you are taking advantage of all the resources that they offer in that boot camp and make sure that even after you go through that boot camp, that they're still going to invest in you. So make sure you do your research if you are gonna invest or if you're looking into a boot camp. So, but for me, it worked out great. That's so true. You have to research these boot camps before you get started. Cause like you said, you could go through this whole boot camp, but if you don't have the support after to actually find a position or build that network, what would the boot camp have really been worth, you know? Yeah, and it's the same with college, it's the same with, you know, these any kind of boot camp or training courses. A lot of times, you know, people are just wanna teach you this information and then go on with their lives and Someone that goes through the boot camp that is maybe new to technology may not know what to do next, you know? Oh, for sure. And I feel like that's kind of where a disconnect with some of the boot camps are currently. But I think everything is growing and changing and everyone's learning as we go. So hopefully some right. boot camps that are listening might change their model a little bit. Definitely. And the one I went through, they, they were really great. And I'm, I'm a type of person, I'm going to make sure I get mine. You know, as far as if I pay for something, I want to make sure that I'm getting full service. So I was always asking questions and seeing what I could value I could provide and vice versa, you know. To continue on with your journey. So you have in networking and from my perspective, and this could just be me, I feel like networking is not the easiest to jump into. So if you're an outsider and you think this is a way that you want to go, do you have any tips or advice for people who are looking to get into that area? Yeah, and you're totally right because the need is there for security, but just putting anybody in a security position, you can't do because it's a lot of responsibility and a lot that people have to know, you know, so... My advice for someone that's looking to get become a network engineer or to become a security analyst or whatnot is basically get whatever certification is in that field at the beginning. So if it's a CCMA or if it, if it's the CompTIA pen test or one of the other security certifications, start there with Security Plus or something like that. Learn that information and get a job. It could be an entry level like network technician job. But get a job to get your foot in the door to get that experience because having that experience is what's going to set you up to become a network engineer. And in that first job, along with that, you know, find someone that is doing what you already want to do. And you can do this before you actually get a job is find you a mentor that's already in the position that you want to be in. Ask them as much questions as possible. Make sure that you're specific in your questions and not just wasting their time. And just pay attention and watch. Look on YouTube and read books that are by other um, by authors out there 
and just learn as much as you can about that position and then apply and go in there and be confident and get that job. Well, let's actually talk about the certifications because I know you mentioned it a lot on your YouTube channel and on Twitter because you're active there too. For instance, let's start with the CCNA because you mentioned that a lot. Explain to my listeners what the acronym is and what the certification is exactly, how to prepare for it, everything. Yeah, so the Cisco Certified Network Associates Certification, the CCNA, that certification there is basically an entry-level certification for someone that wants to be a network engineer. Um, but it actually teaches you the foundation of networking, which if you're, in so- if you're a software engineer, if you're um, a developer in security, no matter what domain you're in in IT, pretty much networking is at the foundation at some point because with the application that you're running has to go over the internet, it's going to touch servers, and there's just, all the protocols that's involved in that is networking. So that's pretty much what that certification will teach you and prepare you for. What other certifications from your perspective do you recommend people look into? Of course, the Security Plus. To me, the CCNA, if you want to be a networking, is a great one. But another certification that I think is probably one that doesn't get as much recognized as the Security Plus, because with security being such a broad term that is mentioned in everywhere and the jobs are out there, having that foundational knowledge of what to do and on IT information systems will help you get a job. You know, having that, that knowledge that, okay, he's dependable, he or she has done the research on what to do on our network or what to do on our, um, on our servers or whatever application you're working on, the Security Plus is going to give you that foundational knowledge that most candidates may not have and may have to be taught and trained to, in a position because we all are taught IT in our job or IT security in our jobs at some point level. Seems like security exams, and this is probably just because I'm not currently in security. It seems like the exam is tough. I feel like, do people even pass on the first time? Yeah, the security, you'd be surprised. The security plus is one of those exams where most people, I don't want to say most people because I don't want to make anyone feel bad if they didn't, but the security plus is one of those exams to where if you, if you read the book, if you watch the videos and you have a basic understanding of, um, this doesn't make sense, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and this does make sense. It's that type of test, you know, to where you understand, like, that, the stove is hot, so I should not touch it. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's that type of knowledge, along with the basic understanding the protocols and the different ports and different terminologies in, in security. That's what the Security Plus is going to teach you. But along with that, the reason, one of the reasons I mentioned that certification is because for if you want to be like in the DOD or in most, security corporations that's the baseline certification so if you're looking to get in security that certification at the baseline level is the one that most people go for because it's not as hard or as focused as the others so what are a few good resources to study for these certifications there's a, a youtube channel by professor messer his channel will prepare you for the security plus exam he pretty much has everything that you need that's on the exam topics because this is the objectives that CompTIA goes by to prepare the exams and that you should study by. He pretty much goes video by video to explain what's actually going to be on that test to help you prepare. And it's free. Any other resources or websites or YouTube channels that you recommend for studying? Um, if it's going to be Security Plus, I definitely, um, Professor Musser is the one that pretty much has it on lock. 
Now, there are other books out there on Amazon by Darrell Gibson. He does. His book is pretty well known when it comes to Security Plus. And then also always check CompTIA.org for more information. And they have some training on there that they provide also for the certification. Awesome. Thank you for that. This episode of Black Tech Unplugged is brought to you by Atnocrats. Go beyond social media advertising with Atnocrats, an advertising advisory and media agency focused on connecting brands with audiences across television, radio, digital billboards, and online. Media buying services are priced to serve businesses of all sizes with ad spend minimums starting at $12.50 a day. Visit atnocrats.co to learn how the Atnocrats are making it easier for brands to increase growth. That's A-D-N-O-C-R-A-T-S dot co. Now, back to the episode. So let's talk about your YouTube channel. So tell my listeners where they can find your YouTube channel and then also what's on it. I know I'm on it. <laughs> we did an interview. You interviewed <laughs> me. But for people who haven't seen it yet, because they're going to be going after this, let's tell them what's on the YouTube channel. Yeah, so my YouTube channel is on YouTube.com forward slash live every day. That's L-A-D. E-V-E-R-D-A-Y. On my channel, I talk a lot about network engineering, how to get in touch, and I do interviews often with people from all different domains to basically give people an idea of how to get in touch and to help other people share their journey. Because a lot of times, you don't believe you can do something until you see somebody else that looks like you that's already done. And so that's really what my channel is about, just giving back as much knowledge that I've Attain to those that are looking to follow behind. And your channel, from my perspective, is helping a lot of people. And do you feel that way? Yeah, I'm all about impact. And so for me, even like what I've done before on my channel, I'm, I'm changing it because I can tell someone how to get in tech. I've, I've done that. I can tell you how to move beyond the help desk because I've done that. I can tell you how to start a business because I've done that. But to actually be an architect is like my next goal is to tell somebody how to reach their pinnacle or the top in an organization. Right. You know, I feel like there's a lot of people who have a lot of knowledge and are willing to share. And I'm, I know that a lot of people that go to your channel are very thankful that you even created the channel, but for those who have kind of that similar experience and they have the knowledge and wisdom to share, I want you to tell the story behind, like, what was that aha moment? What motivated you to make the channel? And how did you push through? Because we all have that moment where we kind of doubt, right? Like, why am I even doing this? Why should I keep this up? Let's go through that story and scenario with the listeners. Man, well, it's it's weird because when I first started in IT, you know, it was obvious that there wasn't a lot of people that looked like me in, in tech. And Okay, that's, that's something I kind of got used to. But once I got the CCNA and I was really studying for my CCNP, I'm looking around for training resources and people on YouTube, and I found no one that would like me. And so I was like, man, okay, well, after I get my CCNP, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. And that's what I did. And it's funny, once I did that, more people started coming out. You know, I met people that are um, that people of color that are CCIE that I've never known about before. So it's been a blessing all the way around. And what's so interesting is when I talk to other people and they say either during their journey, they didn't meet a lot of people that look like them. 
as well as going into like their first jobs or jobs in general, they still don't see people like them. From your perspective, how did you get through those situations? I think growing up where I'm from, here in Ohio, so the school I went to was very diverse. Mm-hmm. So it was never a situation to where I felt uncomfortable. And it was like, okay, well, I understood early that in where I'm from, the aspiration is not to be in technology. I just happened to do it because I went to the military. But if I wouldn't have did it, I wouldn't know nothing about it if I would have stayed where I was. And so when you look at how I grew up, if I was to take my Nintendo as a kid and open it up, my mom would whoop my butt. <laughs> <laughs> so just experimenting with technology was something that we couldn't afford me to do. But if you look at people in other households, they're allowed to do put my chips in there, three hundred dollars system more. They're allowed to open up their TVs or to experiment or tinker with everything pretty much. And the way I grow, grow the way I grew up in my household, I was not. So when I got in IT, I understood that okay, there's a lot of us not in it because we don't know what's out. We're still trying to work in factories. We're still trying to do this because that's all we see and that's all we know. We've kind of talked about this, but let's expand on it, especially for people who don't know. So I'm from Ohio, too. And we've talked about being from Ohio. There was no push for like getting into tech. Like you said, it was either. I feel like there was a push to say, let's you like get a corporate job. Yes, that was a push or get going into manufacturing. But there was never like, why don't you look at this computer or anything like that? What are your thoughts on, like, where does that stem from? Is it just how we grew up, or is there more behind it? We didn't have a generation of people that were in it. Mm-hmm. So our mothers and fathers weren't in it. But as we become more involved, the generations following behind us will have a pathway to do it. You know what I mean? They will have seen it more often to know it's even available. Like, when I talk to my kids... And they're on YouTube and they're looking at everything that kids look at, you know? Right. And I'm like, you know, if you look at these algorithms, they're just going to put you the same thing over and over. So it's just like growing up in your environment. You're not experiencing nothing new. So when I talk to my kids, I'm like, you know, how about we put the phones down and get off of YouTube and check out some books? Let's go to the library and see what's interesting. Or let's go to this. And see what's going on, or let's go down into the art museum to see what's out here, or see what's different, and just showing them something outside of what's going to be put in their face every day, you know? Right. And I can attest to that too from my perspective. We had a computer in the house, but no, I mean, we knew how to use like, you know, Microsoft and all that, but no one really knew how to code, or no one knew how much you could really do with that computer. So it's like, how can you learn and want to do something if you've never seen it? Yeah, if you've never seen it and you don't know what to use it for. Right. That's, that's one of the things about coding. Like, everybody says, you should learn Python. Okay, learn Python and do what? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and, and for me, that's, that's exactly because when I first started learning the code, it's like, okay, uh, this is an int and this is a variable and okay, I can print this, now what? You know, but 
when I actually got a project, like, okay, you got 300 devices, you actually need to upgrade or put some configurations to. And I know that if I do this manually, this is going to take me three or four days. Let me see if Python, Python can do this. Let me look at these blogs and look at these videos and see if someone has done this before. And then, you know, take somebody else's script, edit it. Then, okay, now I can push this out and get it done within maybe half a day or something. And so, you know, that leads me to a, my next question of, so you learned how to code. What was the, I guess, what was the moment where you're like, you know what, I'm going to take this chance and learn how to do this. I don't know where it's going to lead me, but I'm going to do it. Yeah, I still don't know how to code. I just understand how to code. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a journey because the reason why I say that is the thing about coding is that the last thing you want to do is sit down on the computer and start typing. The first thing that I learned to do with my code is to visualize it. So put mm. it on the whiteboard, what I'm actually trying to accomplish. Okay. And then if I can visualize it on a whiteboard, it's step by step. Everything I'm going to do, now my code, I can write my code. Because I know, okay, the first thing I need to do is have a, someone enter their username and password. The next thing I need to do is request the IP address or find the IP address from an Excel file and import it into the script. Well, even though you don't know how to code, I feel like at least knowing how to, like you said, visualize and be able to read code is important. Do you feel that way as well? Right. Of course, of course. Now, when I say I don't know how to code, what I mean is that I'm not a developer and I'm not, you know, no no master, but I do right. understand the process. Okay. And if you can understand the process now, and you can read code to say, okay, especially if people that post code on like GitHub and stuff like that, if they put a note in it, now you can kind of see, okay, this does this. Now, what if I try this to make you do this? And it's just kind of piecing it together and finding the puzzle pieces to make your puzzle work. That's the way I call it. Gotcha. And, you know, there's always that conversation that goes on, I feel, within the tech community, or maybe it's just people I know. But when people say, if you don't know how to code, you're not really a techie, I always get so irritated. <laughs> Do you ever have that conversation? Yeah, it's one of those things. It, coding, is, it, it, it wants to create its way into every, everything you do in tech. And it seems like it's been like that for a while. Um, me as a system administrator, back in the day, you know, you would do batch files. And I never really learned to do batch files. And times the ball PowerShell came out. And I never really learned to do PowerShell just because I never liked the code. It's, it's too hard and it's way easier <laughs> to click them out and do what I need to do. So for me, once I became a network engineer and started using Python, mm -hmm. Python, the way it's written, is a lot simpler. The things that would take 50 lines in PowerShell, I can do in maybe 10 lines in Python. You know, and it's mm -hmm. a lot more um, English written. <laughs> you know, it doesn't require you to import and do all these other things. Like, it's kind of fun sometimes. Right. To, to answer your question, it seems that some people do feel that you do need to be able to call. For me, I believe that you actually just need to have a thinking mind that knows how to solve problems. You don't have to know the answer, but know how to find the answer. That is so true. That's almost like the simplest way to define how to be in tech. You have to be able to find solutions leveraging technology. Right, correct. 
Now, whether you do it in a script or if you do it manually, eventually, you know, if you do it manually, you'll think of a way to automate it. Now, each time you automate it, it will make it simpler. You know, because if you do something once, it's going to be the hardest time you ever do it. Mm-hmm. But the second time will be a little easier. Exactly. And then you kind of just get in that flow where it's like, okay, I got this. Right. Speaking on having that positive attitude, I believe you always have a positive attitude, no matter what the situation is, no matter how hard it is. So being that you're in these challenging, there's always a challenger. There's always a challenging um, situation that's going to come up. How do you stay so positive? (laughs) Um, You know, in in, in this world, to me, negativity is all around. If you really want to destroy your, I just watch people when I watch the way things turn out. I read books and I watch movies. And I see how if you pour gasoline in the fire, the fire gets bigger. And so for me, whenever I overreact or I get frustrated or whatever, now my thinking isn't where it needs to be. So the best thing I need to do is bring it down, find the bright side of a situation, and focus on that and let that grow rather than focus on the negative that's already there. And that's a good philosophy to have. And also with your positive attitude, I love that with Lab Every Day, you give tips and you give the resources, but more importantly, you celebrate the wins of people who are asking for the help and passing their exams and I just think that's such a great thing. Like, I just love the platform that you're using and the way that you're doing everything. So I just want to give a shout out for that. Hey, thank you. Thank you. You've done the same thing, but I do really do appreciate it. Um, it's, it's, it's been a journey to get to where things have gone. And it's so beautiful that it's been organic. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really had to force it or you know, to even really talk about it, it's one of those things where I just kind of live my life, kind of just happen. Let's talk about that, actually, because people, especially our day and age, always think something is going to happen instantly. You know, we're that instant generation where it's like, it has to happen right now. Um, for you and the organic growth, well, actually, let me take a step back. So with Lab Every Day, how long have you had Lab Every Day? Oh, man. I think Lab Every Day started this year for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I started my YouTube channel last year, okay. and it was just my name. And then this year, Lab Every Day just kind of transitioned. I would say at the beginning of the year, it just kind of took off and became like its own thing in tech. And I just made a video because for me, Lab Every Day was one of those things that I've always had that mentality. Back when I used to do music, Back when I've done everything, I had the mentality to know that it's going to require me to do it every day. So when it came to networking and to get to where I wanted to be, I just took the same philosophy. And you know what? One thing I didn't ask you about all this, how did you come up with the name? Well, when you go to do like labs, they're called labs for Let's say you want to set up a network. You want to connect a computer to a switch and connect the switch to the router and then connect to the internet. So mm-hmm. you're going to do a lab to simulate that environment mm-hmm. or to create that real environment. And so for me, even when I did music, we would go to the studio and call it the lab. So wherever I'm going to study, 
or into work on my recipe for whatever I'm creating, it's a lot. And so for me, the lab every day just kind of still from that. That makes complete sense. Yeah, I mean, it's a blessing. You know, I thank God every day, you know, not only for how far I've came, especially from where I'm from and how many people I've been able to touch and, you know, my family's healthy. Life is just a blessing, you know. I'm not saying my life's perfect, but I'm blessed and I'm thankful. See, and that's what I'm talking about, that positive attitude. And on your platform, because you've interviewed quite a few people, is there one person or a handful of people that kind of stand out that gave some really great advice that sticks out in your mind? I mean, the, one of the first people, I, I think you were like the fourth person I interviewed, and it's you, because what your platform, what you're doing, um, you're in Chicago, you're traveling, you're going to different events, um, just seeing how you are have, have your own platform, you're inspired women and, and men just to get in touch and just sharing other people just like you know I'm kind of doing is bringing other people on the platform to help share the knowledge and help other people get there so to me you have been the most inspirational person that came on my I don't want to say the most inspirational but you have been somebody I admire you know and that's one of the reasons I started doing the interviews because I see how much impact you have had well, thank you. I appreciate that. Do you feel like the interviews, people are like, wow, I didn't even know I could do that? Like, I didn't even know I could take this path. Yeah, most times. It, it, like, mm. That's why I'm all about embracing the journey, because if you focus on, you know, this direct, this direct line to get to where you want to go, you don't leave really room for what God has for you. So, a lot of times when I interview people, they accept challenges as they come. Sometimes these mountains come and they have to pivot. You get to hear so many different perspectives. And I just love to hear people's stories of how they got to the top because a lot of times it's not how they start, how they set out or not what they set out to do originally. That's so true. Like, did you ever think that this is where you would be? No. <laughs> no, not where I am today. No, where I am today, and like you say, no, I never thought I would be in this position. Now, yeah, no, I didn't. Especially as a kid. To be perfectly honest with you, I wanted to be a scientist. Okay. And I tell my kids this all the time because my mom, you know, she would buy me science. What she knew to do to help me you know, be a scientist, but I don't know why I never became a scientist. I don't want to say it's her fault. Like, you know, we couldn't afford to send me to college, so I went to the Air Force, and mm-hmm. it kind of just turned out how it turned out. I don't know. I could be a scientist one day. Life's not over, you know? And, you know, speaking on parents and getting on the path of tech, as a parent yourself and as going through the process with a parent, what tips do you have for people who are see their kids might have an interest or at least to get them in the process to seeing if they have an interest what advice do you have for like parents and adult figures who see that there could be a chance that a kid can get into tech yeah being a parent is hard (laughs) Um, and I don't want to say it's (laughs) to scare anyone but the reason why it's hard for me to be a parent and 
is because when you have goals, a lot of times when you're working to bring more money in to, for the family, you're working to get this house for the family, mm-hmm. you're working to put your kids through school, you miss the mark on raising your kids to listen to them because they don't care nothing about what you say. As long as you have a roof, that's all kids care about. You know, like some kids, yeah, they want the latest and greatest and all that, but that's how you raise them. If you present them like, oh, you're working so hard so they can have this new PlayStation, they're going to expect that. You know, but so if you remove those expectations and focus on what your kids want out of life, what they're interested in, interested in, and showing them something different than what's in their like twenty mile radius, that's to me that's what being a parent is about. That's what I do. Sometimes I have to step away from social media to say, look, I've been going way too hard. Step away from my business, my job. And just sit down with my kids, like, hey, what y'all want to do today? And they said McDonald's. I'm like, no, we're not going to McDonald's. We're going to go through this trail over here and look at some of these animals, or we're going to go out to this um, this um, union station to see what event they got down there that may be going on, you know? Right. And you know what? I'm really glad you said that because I think we spend a lot of time trying to almost like perfect this image online and we work so hard on these side hustles and businesses and sometimes we just forget life there's people out there that care about you that want to see you and make new memories and we're just sometimes I feel like we take the social media and side hustle thing a little bit too seriously and maybe sometimes we just need a break Oh, man. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more um, because I will go so hard. It's not to downplay like what Gary Vee says and other people that are in social media today, but they present this go hard or if you're not going hard, do this, do that. But to me, it's more about the journey. You can't force God's plan. You, God is the one that can, to me that's in control of time. Mm-hmm. Just like if you're baking a cake. You can't force that cake to bake in five minutes. It's going to have to go through the process of however long it takes that cake to bake. Regardless of what you think you can make the cake cook faster, that's not going to happen. That, that's just my thoughts on it. And I completely agree. And I'm going to wrap up soon, but one question I wanted to ask is just, you've done a lot with advancing your pathway and getting from the help desk to where you are now. When you were going through this and trying to advance from your perspective, I mean, it's always hard on the journey, right? When you're going through this journey, it just seems like it's almost impossible from your perspective on your journey. How hard was it to make that leap? Uh, For me, it wasn't really hard to get to, uh, let me take that back. What makes it hard for me is distractions distractions that are going on in my life. And sometimes we you have to be self-aware to really know what are distractions. Because let's say you want more money because you want a bigger house. Now, that can really be a distraction in order for you achieving your goal because you may be thinking of, I need a new job to get more money, but there could be a whole lot of opportunity in your current position and you can have some great relationships in that position that's going to be way more beneficial if you stay rather than going chasing the money. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So for me, it's understanding 
every job that I take, everything that I do, how is it really lining up with where I want to be and what I want to do? Or is it just a distraction? Because with me getting to where I am today now, I get a lot of opportunities. And so just because it's an opportunity doesn't mean I have to take it. You know, mm-hmm. so for me, it's just limiting the distractions and focusing on what I really want to achieve and making sure I'm staying in tune with where God wants me to be. And as long as I'm doing that and focusing on what's going on in my household, I can accomplish anything. That is such great tips, especially for people who are looking to get to another stage in the tech game. If you're going to be in tech, you're really going to have to um, focus on what's going on in the domain that you're in and and learn as much as you can because it's going to show up in those interviews. It's going to show up on a job if you're not. So one of my final questions is, you know, tech is expanding. They used to say we had a diversity problem. I think Black Tech Unplugged already proves that that is not true. But from your perspective, what is some, what are, I don't know if you have multiple or one, but how do you see tech growing and what do you see for the future? Man, tech is really expanding because the way people are utilizing tech in 2018 is pretty much you can't get away from it. And so now, even small businesses are taking advantages of like the Facebook algorithm and different things that are in tech. So for those that are looking to get in tech, to me, it's just pay attention to what's around you and the opportunities. Like for networking, we have 5G coming along that's going to really, per se, it could. And then we have the new wireless standard for WPA3, which is a whole new security standard for wireless. So for someone that's looking to get a networking, wireless is really an area that many people don't speak on, but if you're looking to stand out from people, knowing the latest technology that's coming and the impact that it could have, and getting ahead of that curve can help you stand out and set you up for the future for years to come. And what do you see for the future for you? Oh, man, you know, for the future for me, honestly, it's just to have a greater impact. My website is launching on Black Friday, NavaEveryDay.com, and it's really going to be a place to where I want to bring everyone in tech together, whether you're new to IT or you're a veteran in IT, and kind of bring the two people together to help people get to where they want to be, and then also help those that want to share knowledge, share knowledge. And then also, you have an event coming up, so tell everyone about the event that you're doing in D.C., what it's going to be, who should come, which is everybody that's listening right now. Let's tell the people what's going on. Yeah, so um, I have to give some shout-outs to my boy Tony Show I show IP in the face brief at Twitter, Erica Cooper, and many others that are in the DMV area. We're doing there is we're renting on the David Busters. We're going to be talking about different IT technologies and then also give us some resources for those looking to get into tech and progress in tech. And then also do a few giveaways and just have a good That sounds awesome. I also will have the details for your event in the show notes. So if you didn't catch everything, make sure to go to blacktechunplugged.com and go to the episode show notes and you'll find all the details there and I hope some of my listeners will be joining you in D.C. That would be great. Please come out. Um, we're going out. D.C. is one of my favorite places in the world. So I've got a lot of family there and that's probably be a place I relocate to. And so for me to do 
hey, live every day, meet up there, you go out. Yeah, DC, I like DC too. And you know what? It's actually kind of, I don't know if it's, I would say it's growing, but I feel like it has a big tech presence that people don't talk about a lot. It does. Yeah, it has a huge tech presence, especially in security and especially for people of color. There's, there's a lot of us there that are doing And any last tips, advice, or anything you want to say to the listeners before we end? Just keep believing in yourself and make sure you're writing your goals and your dreams down and formulating your plan and sticking to that plan and uh, allowing some room for God to work in your life and for just confident and just have faith that everything's going to work out. Just keep going. I love it. I love it. And thank you for your time today, Duane. I appreciate it. Thank you. And thank everyone at Black Tech and Florida. I really do um, love your platform and I got much love for you. Thanks for listening to Black Tech Unplugged. I'm Dina McKay, and you can find the podcast on Instagram at Black Tech Unplugged. And if you haven't already, please go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you have a few extra minutes, make sure to leave a five-star review, too. It would help me out a lot and help other people find the podcast. And as we know, the end of 2018 is coming, so there'll be one more episode before the end of the year. So stay tuned. Until next time.